Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is August 20th. Uh, wow. We're already two-plus weeks into the preseason. Week number three is coming up, the big uh, audition week. We're going to see a lot of starters play in the NFL this week. My name is Michael Nazarek. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my loyal, trusty sidekick, really good fantasy player and great dude, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Really well, sir. Thank you for asking. Uh, pretty busy, as we all are this time of year for fantasy drafts. In fact, I just had my longest league, standing league, my local fantasy draft on Sunday. The league's in its 30th season. Um, I've been in it since season two, and I've actually got several people in the league younger than the league itself, so it's, it's, it's always a great time. We always get together and have a great time for this one. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm glad uh, everything's going well with you, and, and like yourself, I've, I've just finished up a couple of online slow drafts uh, for the subscribers and such, and, and so I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break here before we start uh, a satellite uh, for um, the FFPC. Uh, which I'll mention here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it just sneaks up on you. I can't believe it. We're like, what, a little more than two weeks away, two weeks and two days away from the first big game of the season, and, and then away we go. So let's uh, before, before I get to the news and notes and stuff of this week, I want to remind everybody that a, a, a primary sponsor of the preseason show here for us is the Sleeper app. Please go down uh, to your app store and uh, download this free app. It's very cool. You can play fantasy football on it with your with your buddies. The Sleeper app is the top user-rated fantasy app. It's a top 15 sports app, and it has infinite customization. And a dark night mode is coming, and there it is a better designed app. Uh, the Sleeper app right on your app store, absolutely free. It's very popular. It's even more popular, getting to be more popular than the NFL.com uh, fantasy football app. So, and it's really cool to use. So. Check that out. Okay, let's get to the NFL training camp news and notes. Training camps are winding down. Everyone's uh, going to go back to their respective places and start practicing. Uh, the games are, are getting serious now. Um, well, what's going on in uh, Indianapolis with Andrew Luck? Uh, we saw him moving side to side pretty good on the field uh, ahead of the, of, the, of the game last week. And, uh, and, then, and then, of course, uh, Frank Wright comes out and says that Andrew Luck with a calf is not going to practice at all this week. And uh, they, they, they want to know who's going to start for them at the end of the third preseason game, which means about a week from now, 
and gives them 13 days of game plan and all. Well, Chris, what do you think? Uh, have you heard anything about Andrew Luck? Is he going to play week one? Is he not? What's going on? I think the team is still hoping and assuming that he's going to play week one, but they're not committing to that. I think that's the big thing. And like, like they said, they want to have a decision after this weekend's game. That doesn't mean he has to practice and play in this weekend's game for them to make that decision, and that's a big difference. So a lot of people are seeing that he's sitting out this week as a sign that he's not going to play week one because they're going to play Jacoby Brissett for half of this game or whatever like they normally do with starters. I don't think that's the case. I think come Monday after this weekend they're going to be etched in stone. Is he going to play or is he not going to play? So if you can, if you don't have to draft between now and, like, say, next Monday, I think that's when we're going to get a definitive statement as to whether or not they expect him to play in week one. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, if you're a fantasy owner here uh, and you're drafting, uh, what, what is your advice to people looking to draft Andrew Luck? To take him in the middle rounds? Don't take him? Uh, what, 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 what would you do? I think that he, I've seen him, instead of being up in that upper echelon with Deshaun Watson in that kind of range, he's kind of dropped down to that next tier. He's being drafted on a par with a Matt Ryan, a Cam Newton, guys like that in that, in that next wave. So, being down, being down there with the risk factor involved, I think, is just about right. You still want to take him in that 8th to 10th round whenever that quarterback run starts to happen in your league. The difference is he has a much higher upside than most of those guys you're going to be competing against. So I think it's still a good value. He's just now you're not going to take him two rounds ahead of that big wave. You're going to take him in that big wave, and I'd say go for it. Uh, well, I mean, I agree with you there, but I caveat that in the fact that, you know, when it comes back around to you, either the next round or the round after, you better grab somebody uh, competent to start in case he does uh, sit, like a Philip Rivers, Drew Brees, anybody like that uh, that's available there, uh, you know, just to cover yourself because you are going for the upside here. And uh, as we like to say in fantasy football, if, if, if uh, you're not taking risks, you're probably going to end up working for somebody that does. So <laughs> you got to take risks in order to win just- these leagues. Any. I will point out that I just finished the, an article for your site which talks about uh, low-rent quarterbacks which match up well on major quarterbacks' bye weeks. And when I talk about Andrew Luck's bye week, I also talk about guys who have good bye week matchup in week six but have good matchups in weeks one or two just in case he does sit early. So if you're a premium subscriber, you want to check that article out, the next version of the guide, because it will address exactly what you're talking about. Good point. Yep, I, I got that. I'm formatting it as we speak, and it's probably going to be released tomorrow. The next day on the site is part of the draft guide. Uh, it's called Magic Handcuffs. Uh, you've done this article for us every year. Uh, a lot of people clamor for it. They, well, have I draft three Brees? Who do I draft to match up? i got to look through all these schedules. No, no, Chris does all that for you, so it's all in there. So it will be coming out here in the next day or two on the site. Uh, let's get right to the questions that everyone wants to know. Zeke is back in Cabo. He he went back to DFW, but then he's now back in Cabo. Uh, Jerry Jones is talking up Tony Pollard. Oh, my gosh. Is there going to be a, uh, a, a deal here to be made, or is Zeke going to hold out into the season? What do you think, Chris? Uh, I'm still saying that I think the deal is going to get done, but I, this does give me a little bit of concern because once you start getting people getting their feelings stepped on, deservedly or not, if they feel slighted, that does make it more difficult. You can't have a conversation if nobody's talking to each other, right? So I, I, I am a little yep. bit worried about the Zeke thing not being done by week one, although my gut feeling is that it still will. Talking about Melvin Gordon, they're not even talking to each other or trying to. So I still think he's going to possibly hold out well into the season. So the risk factor for him is much higher than it is 
for Ezekiel Elliott at this time. I just think Elliott's risk factor went up just a tick with this whole little incident. Yeah, uh, we're we're going to be moving Zeke down in the in the rankings here uh, this coming uh, Thursday night at our next guide update, a rankings update. I just did an update yesterday, and uh, I'm holding out hope on this, but you know we're going to start slipping them. And Melvin Gordon's already already slipped down down uh, well down uh, the, the rankings uh, out of the out of the top ten. Uh, you know the the thing with him is that. Uh, you, if you're going to be drafting him, you've got to draft him at a value, and I would say at least uh, no earlier than the fifth or sixth round after you've drafted two other running backs if you start to, because this guy could sit uh, right now until week 10 and then uh, come in and then finish out the season and uh, you know, then, then uh, you know, get his year accrued, and we'll go from there. Anyway, uh, Antonio Brown, wow. You know, he's a star of hard knocks. They're really taking a close look at him and all. Uh, the helmet uh, – I'm going to practice. No, I'm not. Now I'm going to go back in the weight room. Now I'm going to come back out with, a, with an approved helmet, but it's not the model that I want. He, filed, he lost his first grievance. Now he filed a second one. It's going to be heard on Friday. He's saying now the second grievance said, hey, you've, uh, you've let to Tom Brady have a helmet for an extra year. And, uh, you know, I want to be grandfathered in there. That, that's unfair. So the bottom line here is that the Raiders have not had enough. They said you're either all in or all out. And I think he's all in because he's got 30 million reasons to be all in. But exactly. he's just a diva. The issue here, Chris, is are you slipping Antonio Brown down your draft board at all uh, because of all this mess, all this drama? Um, well, you got to remember, when you make your draft board, it's not you make your draft board based on your value, but you don't necessarily draft by it. You draft a guy when you need to draft him. So on my draft board, he hasn't slipped at all because I think he's going to be there week one, no problem. Wherever you had him pegged, you still have him pegged. He's not going to miss time because of this. The difference is you don't have to take it. Say I have him. I think I have him as a number five receiver on my board for PPR. I didn't take him in the second round when he was there because I knew he would be there in the third round. So I took uh, a Juju Smith-Schuster in round two, and then I took Antonio Brown as my number two guy in round three because I could, even though I had him ranked ahead of Juju. So you see, that's where you kind of got to think about it. Is not you don't move him down your board. You just move him down from where you take him. It's kind of like factoring in ADP a little bit. Yep. Yep. That's a good. That's a good plan, and that's funny. <laughs> Juju and Antonio Brown on the same team. Great. <laughs> yeah. right. Hey, last year one of my teams I had Phil Rivers and Eli Manning, which was kind of an odd combination, all things considered, with their history, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, those traded draft picks. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last bit of news here before we get to the uh, the injury list. Josh Gordon. Uh, he was surprisingly reinstated, but he can't play with the team yet. He's got to jump through some more hoops. He's not been cleared to play, but he's back with the team. Uh, they say he may be good to go week one. It depends. Uh, golly, where the heck do you slot him in your rankings, Chris? I mean, is he a number two, a number three, number four? What, what, what do you think? I would draft him as a number four, personally, because I think the upside to be a solid number two is there. And we've talked about some other guys which are sleepers that you can get number two type value, but you don't have to draft until your fourth or fifth. I would feel great grading him as my number four because you're not committed to him and depending on him as a starter, but you know you've got that potential. Same what we kind of talked about with A.J. Green. If you get him as a four, that's great because he might put up number two numbers when he gets back. And that's kind of where I would slot him in there. So in that middle round, you know, eighth, ninth, tenth round, where you're maybe taking your fourth receiver, I'd feel very comfortable with him with the upside he, he potentially could bring. The bigger thing is I hope the guy gets his life together. He's been through a lot, self-inflicted, but I, I, more so than his incredible talent, I hope the kid gets his life together because I hate to see a guy continue to make the same bad choices and haven't hurt himself. 
Yep, I agree with you 100% there. Okay, let's get to the quick list of injuries here. Aaron Rodgers back tightened up on him this past weekend, so he didn't play. He didn't practice on Sunday either. They're just easing him back into practice slowly this week. Uh, you know, it's it's not a big thing, but, you know, they want him to be healthy for week one. Uh, Drew Locke, a rookie quarterback for the Denver Broncos, Tom Dinos with a really bad sprain. He's going to be out a while. He's not starting as Joe Flacco there. Moving to running back, good news in Tennessee. Derek Henry with the calf return to practice this week, so looks like you know they're slowly easing him back in there, and he'll be good to go for week one, barring a setback. Darius Geis, kind of, kind of conflicting reports here. In fact, we just moved him down their rankings because they were saying that he hadn't even been cleared to play because of the knee surgeries he's had on that torn ACL as well as a hamstring injury earlier this year. And he announced just yesterday, they said, well, he's probably going to play this week in the preseason game. Well, you know, I'm keeping him down there until we see what, what goes on here because I'm like an Adrian Peterson more and more every, every day. We'll see if he plays this week. Duke Johnson with a hamstring just returned to practice today for the Texans. That's good news there. Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay's got a knee, a swollen, sore knee. He sat on Monday. Uh, be careful. We've got to watch that, too. Uh, another Buccaneer there, Mike Evans, a wide receiver with the leg, sat on Monday. Doesn't look like it's too serious of a thing. It's just kind of keeping them, you know, uh, they want to take it easy on them because, of course, they need them for week one. OBJ with a hip. Uh, the, somebody said a hip pointer, and they said, no, not that bad. Well, he, he returned to individual drills on Monday, and they're going to ease him back in, and it looks like it's a minor thing. Amari Cooper, but more people are taking, uh, making this more than it is. Is a bruised heel was actually plantar fasciae uh, affecting the heel there, but he just said today that well, heck, I had a thousand-yard season with this uh, kind of issue uh, a couple of years ago. So uh, you know he's still day-to-day. They're not worried about it. He's missed two full weeks of practice, but that's what preseason is for. If you got a malady like this, it'll it'll slowly subside, and he'll be out there in week one. I'm not downgrading him or anything like that. Julian Edelman with the thumb. Uh, guess what? He was activating. He's practicing fully for uh, the Patriots. And Demarius Thomas with that Achilles also activated from the pub just today he's practicing there too and they need that because they uh they uh they just released Dontrell Inman who just re-signed with the Chargers that's kind of interesting there because he had uh, some some success there when they had some injuries a couple years ago and he's back in uh, uh Los Angeles with the Chargers um but anyway uh, moving on over to uh, New York, uh, Sterling Shepard, the thumb, uh, practicing and shed the non-contact jersey. That's very good for his uh, week one um, abil- uh, availability. Uh, in Seattle, D.K. Metcalf and then me. The, he's going to have to have surgery there. May still play week one. I kind of find that hard to believe, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe they're just scoping it or whatnot, but, uh, you know, uh, we downgraded him in our rankings there. Back to New York, Golden Tate uh, had a concussion, so he's not practicing, but I think he'll be okay come week one. Albert Wilson with the hip. He's on track to play week one for the Dolphins. Uh, John Ross with a hamstring in Cincinnati, targeting week one, uh, uh, targeting a return uh, uh, next week and expected to play in week one. Uh, Hakeem Grant, hamstring return to practice for the Dolphins and uh, and in fact the Dolphins are looking at extending him uh, they're very close to extending him we'll see if that uh, works out there and back in Tennessee E.G. Brown uh, with his undisclosed malady there he returned to practice so it looks like he's good to go too a couple of tight ends to mention David Njoku with a sore knee he returned to practice Jimmy Graham with a finger looked like a dislocation maybe uh, ran in after getting uh, the football hitting it uh, he's not going to need surgery it looks like he's probably going to be good to go for week one Noah Fant with a minor ankle injury on Monday night against the 49ers he looks like he'll be okay for week one we'll see they're probably going to uh you know ease him into that role uh, on a uh, slow basis there so he as he learns the ropes there because uh, jeff Hurman there too and a couple of idp notes for you guys 
we didn't make hardly any changes in our IDP rankings because fortunately, fingers crossed, there were no really major injuries to any of our top 60 across the board until last week when safety Derwin James uh, uh, actually broke his foot there. So he's out three to four months. So our, our top five guy on the DB side there uh, for Chargers is, is gone. And, and linebacker Avery Williamson, the Jets, stupidly, kept him in on a preseason game too long because, you know, hey, he's moving to a new linebacker position. We want to see an extra play or whatnot. Well, he tore his ACL. He's out for the year, so that's going to hurt the Jets there. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay. Uh, we want to urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our free NFL Daily Quick Bits page. All the injuries and such are free all the way through the start of the season. I'm offering my uh, my own opinion on specific uh, Quick Bits to our premium subscribers. Uh, all it takes is a quick draft guide purchase. It's $18.95 in order for you to get that kind of instant analysis. We're also emailing our subscribers as, as big news breaks there. Of course, we're also uh, updating our free agent tracker and player movement trackers. We did that in the entire offseason there. And, of course, we're fo- posting free Eye in the Sky scanning reports, including those from the Colts uh, from uh, – Chris Rito here, and of course our Masterless Customizable Cheat Sheet, our Mastermind Championship Projection Board, and our Executive Draft Master software have been updated. Seven, eight, nine, tenth updates. I mean, we, we did three updates this past weekend, so it's hot and heavy right now. Version 5 of the preseason draft guide was released last Friday. It's 507 pages. We're already adding a couple more perfect drafts. Uh, Tim Team drafts PPR, non-PPR, in addition to 12 teams uh, are going to be all done here by this weekend. And uh, of course, Chris Rito's Magic Handcuffs. We've got a couple other um, uh, articles, including uh, one from uh, Eddie Rex, uh, who takes a, kind of a lighter side. Uh, he always talks about guys in the infirmary. This, this this year he's talking about the older dudes and such. So a really good article there on that. Anyway, our, our premium summer rate, our Pro Bowl package, which is the guide, all the updates, all the rankings, and as well as our in-season weekly newsletters with daily releases is 47.95. And our Super Bowl package is 57.95. That's everything, including the EDM software. Follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. And here it is, the Sleeper Creeper Preview. These are a couple of guys at each position, both for myself and Chris, that we like or we don't like, Sleeper Creeper. And let's get right to it, Chris. So who are your two quarterback sleepers for 2019? A couple of old guys who have been top ten for much of their career. I'm going to start with Matt Stafford. He's not even being drafted as a quarterback, two, according to ADP charts. This is a huge bargain to be had here. He didn't decline last year. He just lost everybody. Golden Tate traded, Marvin Jones injured, his whole offensive line injured. At the midpoint of the year, he's on pace for 4,200 yards and 28 touchdowns, and then everything went to crap. Oh, no, yeah, he played with a broken bone in his back for the last half of the year. When he gets some of that back, he's going to go right back to 4,000 yards, 25 to 30 touchdowns. It's a great bargain late in your draft. 
Phil Rivers, a dozen straight years of being a fantasy stud, never below 26 touchdowns and averaging just over 30, despite having workhorse running backs and atrocious offensive line play for years. He's the one guy drafted outside the top 20 quarterbacks with the best chance of having a top seven year. For draft masters, his durability and stability is also a nice positive to lean on. Guys get no respect. Yep. Uh, those guys get uh, no respect. They're older, but uh, these guys are talented and they're much younger. But I like them too, especially late in the draft. Josh Allen at Buffalo, uh, you know, he got off to a slow start last year's rookie year, but he really came on late in the year. I think he was almost tops in quarterbacks the last six weeks of the year. A lot of it was running, but this year they uh, improved their targeting core uh, with John Brown, who he's really getting along well with a big, good deep thread there, as well as uh, Cole Beasley on the slot. He threw uh, five. Uh, uh, passes and catches that Beasley did in the first quarter of the other preseason night game. So uh, I think that uh, people are really sleeping on Josh Allen. You can grab him really late as a uh, very economical uh, number two quarterback. Uh, or heck, if you need a number three, you might even be able to get him as a number three there. Uh, Sam Darnold in New York, too. The Jets, uh, you know, it, the game is slowing down. You can tell he's throwing passes accurately in traffic and the receivers are making the catches in preseason. I saw a stat, something that he was like two of 35 and contested uh, catches to more than 15 yards downfield last year, all of last season. And, uh, and, and in the two preseason games here, he's already completed three of those types of passes. So I, I like him uh, this year as a very cheap backup quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe these guys aren't going to be top ten. Maybe they will. I don't know. But the bottom line is that if you want to wait and not have to grab two guys in the middle around your draft, just grab a Drew Brees, maybe wait a little bit later and grab Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. And I don't think you're going to go too wrong there. Okay, let's moving on over to my creepers at quarterback. Um, well, you mentioned him earlier, Cam Newton. I know that uh, you know he's his his deep ball has come back to him. He's coming off the shoulder surgery and everything, but and he's he's throwing the ball well and all. But uh, you know, well, they don't have Devin Funchess over there. Kelvin Benjamin long gone, but they got DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. They're talking off Curtis Samuel there. Uh, Greg Olson's still there, but you know he's got injury concerns and all. I don't know. I, for me, it's still he wants to run. He's not very accurate in his throwing. Uh, you know, he can get beat up, get hurt again. If he gets takes a pop on that shoulder again, you know, something could go wrong. I don't know. I'm just going to let somebody else uh, worry about that and uh, and take a pass on him. And Marcus Mariota, uh, uh, boy, in Tennessee, uh, what a fall there. They traded for Ryan Tannehill, and now there's reports coming out that, hey, uh, the, the, the starting position is actually still not undecided. And Tannehill looked pretty good the other night, so I don't know who's going to start there for Tennessee, but all I know is that if Mariota starts, he's probably going to be on a short leash, and if he has a couple of bad games early, uh, you know, he could be right in the bench, so I'm not even going to touch him in a fantasy football draft right now. How about your uh, two creepers at quarterback, Chris? I'll start with Jimmy Garoppolo. I already thought the guy was overrated, and I just can't see drafting him as even a fantasy backup this year. The team was winning with him in his brief 484 injury, but his stats were very pedestrian. This year, his receivers are no better. His running back stable is deeper, with Coleman added and McKinnon coming back. The defense has to be better, so it will be less garbage time. And I'm not going to overlook the fact that he has looked terrible in camp, and his preseason game the other night was, was painful to watch. So stay away from Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Nick Foles. He was the big quarterback move in the offseason that got all the ink, but I sincerely believe that Foles, as a fantasy quarterback, will be even worse than Bortles the last two years. Bortles was top ten three straight years and then fell off because the Jags' defense was so good he didn't have to throw. I can't see Foles getting the volume to make him even a viable fantasy backup with that defense, and for what, like him or not, Fournette's still a decent option. His ADP is a low-end quarterback, too, and I think that's overrated. 
I tell you, the, I hate to say this, but with Garoppolo looking so bad the other night, um, Bubby Brister, oh, I, hopefully hopefully it's not like that situation. But, wow, uh, you know, uh, they signed him to a big long-term extension contract. He is a quarterback for, for, the, for the now and the future, and, uh, you know, I hope they didn't mess up there. But, anyway, uh, my, uh, what about your running back sleepers, Chris? You mentioned him earlier, Adrian Peterson. He was the best, been the best running back in the last 20 years. He walked in off the street at 33 and finished as the RB16 last year. Darius Geis, like you said earlier, still not 100%. He's proved nothing. I think Peterson is a great guy to add to your bench with his ADP around running back 45 to 50 with a powerful upside. Um, I wouldn't bet against his freak being the bell cow again in 2019, and he's worth a late flyer in your draft. Similarly, I like Royce Freeman. The Broncos wanted to give Freeman the lead role last year or at least share time with Lindsey, but he got hurt and never got the chance. He also faced the second most stacked boxes on his carries last year amongst all qualified running backs who never really had a chance to run in his limited action. This year they are talking him up and saying he's looked great and going to have a major role. I believe at worst he's a 50-50 timeshare with Lindsey, and since you can get him 75 picks after Lindsey, he has tremendous upside at at his running back number five price. Okay, uh, my running back sleepers. The first one, Cameron uh, Ballage. I've already drafted him, I think, in three leagues. Uh, at least is my number four running back. And now, of course, he's climbing in ADP, so you might not be able to get him that low. Uh, Kenyon Drake, of course, is a flash, and, and he has big plays and such, but they don't want to start him. And Cameron Ballage is the beginning starter, starting running back uh, numbers there. He's really impressed in camp as well as in the preseason, scoring touchdowns. And now Drake has a foot injury, so, uh, you know, Ballage might carry the load all by himself the first week true the season we'll see there but the bottom line is that you can still get him probably as a number three uh you know uh, late in late in, in the middle rounds of your draft there uh and uh you get good get good value out of him and the other guy is tony pollard yeah rookie running back for dallas cowboys jerry jones new favorite guy <laughs> he talks him up while zeke sits and such and then but the kid looks good in the preseason and and uh, making plays and he's got shiftiness and uh you know it, it's pretty obvious to me that he's going to be starting with alfred morris behind him uh if zeke doesn't sign and uh, so I, I just I grabbed him in almost the last round of my draft about um, four or five days ago uh, with my uh, against my own subscribers the uniform, <laughs> the unofficial subscribers fantasy league USFL they talked me into joining so I said why the heck not you know these guys have been subscribers for ten plus years and such so we're just having a good time there but and my last pick in that draft by the way is Rob Gronkowski so <laughs> we'll we'll see if he comes back anyway uh, moving over to my running back creepers for the for the year Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's talented, yes, but, you know, he can't stay healthy, and he just shot his mouth off last year, got himself benched. Uh, you know, Tom Coughlin's not going to put up with that. Yes, everything looks good now. He's healthy and all. But, uh, you know, I just don't believe that either he's not going to get injured or he's not going to shoot his mouth off again, and Coughlin's not going to stand for that. So I'll let somebody else draft him, uh, you know, in the second, third round and such. Uh, you know, uh, and then, of course, Darius Geis, uh, that's my creeper there, and we all know why. He's coming off the torn ACL, had all kinds of uh, infection and such, had multiple surgeries, hasn't proved there anything. Adrian Peterson, you know, it's just it's too too good to sit on the bench, even if Geis uh, does play, I think they're going to share that, that load, and uh, you can get Peterson cheaper in the draft, so I avoid Geis this year. Oh, how about uh, a couple of creepers that are running back for you, Chris? Well, I'll match up with one of your sleepers. I'm going to say Kenyon Drake's my creeper. Like you said, he's being lauded at the low end number two in the draft, but he's got serious competitor for the main role. I'll take Ballage eight rounds later and prefer it. We'll leave it at that. And then another one of my creepers is my guy here in Indy, Naheem Hines. The guy startled everybody by catching 63 balls as a rookie. There's a lot of reason to believe he's not going to reproduce those numbers. 
Mack is primed to be an every-down back. Jack Doyle being missing last year freed up all those dump-off targets. They'll now go back to Doyle. Then they drafted Paris Campbell, so all those little short routes and screens are going to go to the more explosive Campbell. The fact that he was playing on punt coverage deep into the second preseason game this week speak volumes to me about his expected role in the base offense. So I think Hines is going right back to the bench. And so I think he's maybe a handcuff to Mac at best, but I expect his PPR performance to plummet this year. Okay. How about a couple of sleepers at wide receiver, Chris? I uh, really like Trey Quinn. Letting a lot of people know who this is. He's a second-year guy from Washington, a team that's devoid of talent at receiver. And the key word here is opportunity. Last year, the now-departed Jamison Crowder missed half the season and still had 50 targets coming out of the slot. And this offense feeds the slot receiver early and often. Coach unambiguously declared Quinn the slot guy starter while saying the other outside positions were still in flux. He's easily going to get over 100 targets this year. That makes him very PPR useful, especially at his 18th round or so ADP. Somebody's going to catch patches in Washington. Then you mentioned him earlier. I like John Brown. Um, as a rookie last year, Josh Allen was really inaccurate, but he can throw the deep ball with great accuracy. This bodes well for a deep threat like Brown. And Brown has also been uh, the top focus and target in the passing game by the Bills in camp so far. He's been a great red zone receiver in his career, and he's been prominently featured in the red zone in camp so far. I think he's a great guy to come off the board at wide receiver 50 or so. Get him as maybe your number five, and you get number three production out of him. Okay, uh, one little quick note here. Uh, we're we're going to obviously run long on the show, but it's going to record. So if you're listening to this live, don't worry. You know we'll we'll, we'll uh, disappear after another minute or so, and then uh, you can go on to iTunes or onto the website and listen to the last five minutes because we're going to take our time going through the rest of these guys. These are important sleepers and creepers, and though a couple of sleepers for me at wide receiver, Marquez Valdez Scantling. It's pretty obvious there that he's uh, got the number two role down uh, for for the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers has talked him up. He's made and making plays in camp and such. Uh, I'm not concerned about any kind of lack of plays being made with Rodgers, uh, you know, because they don't play Rodgers in the preseason. But uh, this, this, kid, this kid is too, too good to pass up as a number four wide receiver, possibly upside three there, maybe even a two. I mean, you never know. Uh, anyway, also Michael Gallup in, in Dallas, uh, you know, with Amari Cooper sitting out, Gallup, uh, we had a big catch the other night. Uh, it looks really good in camp and such, and they're going to be throwing more. Uh, whether it, it, Zeke's not in there, they're probably going to be throwing more. And, and Gallup's running more than just deep routes now. He's running the whole route tree. So they're going to be going to him more. So, and you can get him as a four, maybe even a five or six in your league because people just don't believe it's going to happen. Anyway, a couple of creepers for me at the wide receiver position. Golden Tate uh, out the first four weeks. Um, is is Eli Manning going to be the quarterback there when he returns? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I just you know he's getting older. I'm just not th- uh, thrilled with Tate. And then Kenny Stills in Miami, who's going to be the starting quarterback there? Fitz Magic. Yeah, he's probably going to have a couple of big games like that, and Stills will produce in those games. And then he'll just jump on him and, and and pick him up or or start him the next week. And then Stills won't do anything. Uh, and if if Josh Rosen is starting, good. Good luck there. So, you know, that's why I'm avoiding those two guys there. How about a couple of creepers for you, Chris? Uh, Corey Davis, two subpar years, bad quarterback situation, very run-heavy offense. He's being drafted, according to ADP, as a low-end number two. I don't see that. They got Delaney Walker back. They added Adam Humphreys. The target share is going to probably go down. Uh, I'll take Allen Robinson, Marvin Jones, Will Fuller, or any Arizona or Denver guy first. They all have lower ADPs than Davis. I'll take any of those guys. And then I don't like Cooper Cup, where he's being drafted. I like the kid. His ADP is just simply way too high for a guy in a wide-open committee at receiver coming off a midseason ACL tear. They've already had to scale back his workload at camp, despite being cautious already. 
This is the guy that's a step slow and makes his hay using precision cuts. That's going to be tough to do coming back from an ACL right away. With so many options there, including Josh Reynolds, who filled in for him without missing a beat, I can't see spending a number two wide receiver draft slot for a guy that I expect to be number three on his own team. Okay, how about a couple of tight end sleepers, Chris? Uh, I like Chris Herndon because people are forgetting about him. He's basically going undrafted. He had a great season for a rookie because he's out for four games with a suspension. Kind of like you mentioned with Golden Tate, difference is when, Dar- when and Chris Herndon comes back, you can draft him as a number two very late last round of your draft and then get low-end number one production from him starting in week six when he returns. He's got the highest per-game floor and the highest ceiling of any tight end being drafted around him at the end of draft in any league by far. He had a great rapport with Darnold. And then I like the old man, Jason Witten. The all-time great is getting totally forgotten in drafts after sitting out last year. I mean, in 2017, he had his career lows of 63 catches, 560 yards. That would still put him uh, at the high end of the tight end twos and low end of tight end ones every year. So I think he's going to be really good in his 15th round ADP. He's not going to hurt you even if that's all he does, and I think he's got some upside. Okay. If you're not aware, the Jets do have a bye in week four, so that's the reason why Herndon won't be back till week six because he has to sit four games. He'll be he sit one, two, three, and five and have a bye in week four. So, in other words, when Herndon comes back in week six, he's going to play every single week, barring injury, all the way through the rest of the season. So that's a good pick there. Uh, my two tight end sleepers are two young guys, Mark Andrews, a second-year guy in Baltimore. They're raving about him, making the plays. Hayden who? Yeah, Hayden Hurst, forget him. Uh, Mark Andrews is the guy that uh, Lamar Jackson's uh, latching onto uh, over the middle, short uh, mid-routes there. He's making plays all over the place, and you can grab him as your backup in fantasy with the upside of potential starting numbers. Darren Waller in uh, in Oakland. This guy's almost going undrafted. You can draft him real late as a, as a cheap number two or as a number three if you're in the FFPC or such, uh, you know, tied in premium leagues. Uh, he's going to be starting for Jared Cook, who's gone in, in New Orleans now. And Waller's had a pretty good uh, camp, uh, you know, and uh, you, you, he's fe- being featured on the HBO's uh, Hard Knocks there with Oakland, so you can watch them and see how he's developing there. But you can get him, and he's uh, got some talent there. A couple of tight end creepers for me, Eric Ebron, only because his ADP is still so high, and everyone's expect- expecting double-digit touchdowns when I don't think it's going to happen. First of all, if Eric Andrew Luck doesn't play, Jacoby Brissett's quarterback, that goes down there. And then, of course, Jack Doyle's playing, and then, of course, you got Paris Campbell, and then... More runs from Marlon Mack, and, you know, there's just too many things to go around. Eric uh, Ebron will have his days, uh, games here and there, maybe uh, even a tub, double touchdown game or whatever, but he could go three or four games in a row where he doesn't do much at all, and that's not good for a fantasy starter. And if you have to draft, you want him, you're going to draft him as a starter. I'm not going to do that. Jimmy Graham in, uh, in, in Green Bay, of course, got the finger issue now, but his just knees, he's just getting old. <laughs> he cannot run anyone. Maybe he's a decent red zone threat with Aaron Rodgers there, but even with that, he didn't much impressed last year. He's a year older now. I'm just avoiding him. You can get uh, higher upside guys with guys like Mark Andrews uh, later in your draft and, and probably get better numbers. So I'm just avoiding Mr. Graham. How uh, about a couple of tight end creepers from you, Chris? I'm going to start with Trey Burton. I'm not really sure why he's still being drafted as a low-end number one, but he is. Uh, he's coming off a hernia surgery late in the offseason. He's unlikely to play through the preseason. And frankly, his stats last year were really not that impressive especially when you consider that the far more talented second-round pick, Adam Shaheen, was injured all season, or else he wouldn't have got anything. I don't believe there's a lot of tight end targets in this offense with all the pass-catching skill at running back and the return to full health of Shaheen and, and A-Rob getting healthier from his ACL. It would not surprise me if Burton posts lesser numbers this year and maybe even less than Shaheen. 
Another guy that's being drafted as a low-end number one or a high number two is T.J. Hawkinson. A lot of hype, a lot of draft cachet being spent on this rookie tight end. Let me repeat that, a rookie tight end. Can you name the last rookie tight end of top 750 receiving yards? 17 years ago. Very few even top 500 yards. Only three have had more than six touchdowns. Only two rookies have top 55 receptions. Only five rookies have ever finished in the top 10 in fantasy tight end scoring in the last 25 years. Five. So why is he being drafted as a fantasy starter? I'm not buying a rookie tight end, period, especially at his price. And by the way, he's not even the top tight end on the Lions because free agent signee Jesse James is holding that spot down. That's true. I was going to ask you, uh, Chris, uh, does Jeremy Shockey, is he on that list <laughs> anywhere? That's the one, 2002, the only rookie. one to ever top as a rookie, 750 receiving yards. <laughs> there you go, Jeremy Shockey. That's my boy in <laughs> New York. Where he was a giant, not a saint, okay? Anyway, uh, wow, uh, lots of good information on this show. I want to remind everybody about uh, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to myffpc.com. Uh, and you can play in satellite leagues uh, online for 35 bucks uh, or 77 or 150, 250, 500, 1,000, and of course the main event is 18, 1850. But it is well worth it. There's 500 thousand dollars on the line. I played in this event the last uh, well every year it's been. I think it's been 11 years now, or maybe this, this is the 12th year they've been doing it, and they pay out very quickly. And I've won more than 22 thousand dollars over the last five years in this event. Uh, and uh, by golly, I've got three main event teams this year, so I'm going for it. Big money. We'll see what happens there. But anyway, it's myffpc.com. If you've got any questions, you can shoot me uh, an email, Mike and an FF Mastermind. I'll tell you anything you want about the about that great event. And then, of course, the Sleeper app. Go to your app store. Download it absolutely free. Play fa- free fantasy football on your app with your buddies. Uh, check it out. It's a really cool app. Anyway, thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer last-minute preseason fantasy drafting tips. Good night, good luck, and, uh, well, take care. And, uh, yeah, if you're drafting this week, best of luck. Football's back, baby. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Mazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.